Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everyone is voting for Jack. Cause he's got what all the rest lack. Everyone wants to back Jack. Jack is on the right track cause he's got... Hey guys, welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Allison, once again, and I'm so excited that you're listening. I need to start by saying, you guys are incredible. I have received so many messages this week and so many reviews and comments and just the kindest things ever. And I've literally cried a couple times. Like it's actually been like, oh my gosh. First of all, as I say, I feel like every day, I can't believe that anyone even listens to me. <laughs> but second of all, I i mean, the kindness you guys have said, like thanking me for my work. And so it's just so nice. So thank you so much for everything. This has really become such a fun hobby and I, I just am really enjoying it and you guys are making it so much better. So thank you. Second, I want to chat about the new baby in the family. Um, Catherine Schwarzenegger Pratt and her husband Chris Pratt had their first child and it's a daughter, which means that's Maria Shriver's first grandchild. And I'm so excited for that family and their little reveal was so cute. So if you didn't hear about it, That's the news this week in the Kennedy family. You know, I think I'm going to start doing little segments. I was talking to Jeffrey about this last night, and I was like, wouldn't it be cool if I, because I listen to a lot of podcasts, I was like, wouldn't it be cool if I had, like, basically, I have no other way to explain this, but basically, like, little jingles or something that's like a lead-in to a segment. Like, so I'd have a Kennedy news segment, and then I'd have a... I don't know, a question segment, something like that. And so I already have in my brain going like what I'm going to use for (laughs) the jingles or what I'm going to use to intro those. So next week, I might have some semi-goofy little intros to segments to kind of, I just want to like section off different sections, like the news that I just shared and whatnot. I don't know. I'm just letting you guys in my brain for a minute. So you may hear something new next week. I'm going to kind of work and model the podcast a little more, to have a little more fluid to it, I guess. So um, anyway, yeah, that's going to be fun. With all that said, all of that, I'm going to start this week. I am so very excited because I can't believe I've gone this long without having a podcast about just Jackie, but Jackie is my girl. I love her. She's my favorite Kennedy. She inspires me in so many ways, nearly every day for years. She's truly inspired me because I feel like there's such a, almost a misunderstanding about Jackie. She was this glamorous, a fashion icon is what she's normally said to be, but she was so much more than that. She was so intelligent and deep and she had this manner about her that was so, I guess, entrancing in a way. Um, She could really command a room and everyone gravitated towards her. And I don't know, there's just something about her I really, really love and always have. The majority of the books I read, Kennedy-wise, are about Jackie. 
she's just as inspiring to me. So with that, I am making a podcast about her, but it's going to be a two-parter because I've got so much information and I didn't want to make it a super crazy long podcast. So I've decided to split it and I'm basically going to go early life all the way to up until the assassination. And then the next podcast part two will be the morning stage and then her life after Jack. That's the plan. So I'm going to get started. You guys buckle your seatbelts. Here we go. Okay, so she was automatically born into high society in New York, July 28th of 1929. Her father was actually a Wall Street broker. His name was John Blackjack the III, and he was of French, Scottish, and English descent. Her mother was a socialite, and her name was Janet Lee, and she was of Irish descent. Jackie was raised Catholic in Manhattan and in East Hampton. She kind of like split her time both um, in her early life. She was very close to Black Jack Bouvier. She was also his favorite over her and her sister Lee. He even said that she was the most beautiful daughter a man ever had, which poor Lee, wah wah. Who wants to hear their dad say that about one of the daughters? Jeez. Anyway, um, she was always confident and independent. She just had that air about her. And she was a very competitive equestrian. It was a big deal in her life. Like, she rode horses competitively for a really long time, and then past that, even in her marriage and beyond, she would go out and ride horses, and that gave her rest and her brain, and it was her favorite thing to do, pretty much. Jackie was so educated and well-rounded, she knew four languages, which is crazy. She knew English, French, Spanish, and Italian. I thought this story was funny that I'd found. I'd never heard this, but apparently in school, she often misbehaved. She actually had a teacher, and I quote, say, she was a darling child, the prettiest little girl, very clever, very artistic, and full of the devil. (laughs) I thought that was funny. Um, Her mother said that she thinks the issue there was that she would finish all the assignments because they were so easy for her before all of her classmates, and then she would just misbehave because she was bored. And I've actually heard people say that about children. So maybe, maybe that's the case. Maybe she was just bored. So I got to highlight a little bit on her parents' marriage. Blackjack was an alcoholic with tons of extramarital affairs. Like, yeah, he, he was not a moral compass by any means as far as affairs go. So she was almost kind of used to that with her dad, which may have made her even more kind of okay with it in her marriage with Jack. But the reason for the majority of his problems and when he really started to go downhill, talking about Black Jack, not Jack, because <laughs> that's not confusing enough, he struggled financially after the Wall Street crash of 1929. So he carried that burden and it really manifested in his behavior. He separated from Janet Lee in 1936. They divorced four years later and the press published so many details of the divorce. Like, I can't imagine being a kid and walking out and seeing basically your parents' faces plastered on every newspaper talking about the gossip of their marriage. Like, that had to be so hard on on Jackie and her sister Lee. So she was affected and withdrawn after the divorce for sure. Then Janet goes on to marry Standard Oil heir Hugh Kloss. Probably butchered that name. So sorry. He had three kids already. So she got three step-siblings, and then they had two more kids. So she had two half-siblings from there. Um, She was actually very close to her stepfather, and he provided her a really stable environment, and he pampered her like crazy. Like, he bought her everything she ever wanted. So she liked him. (laughs) 
So she goes through school and she ends up at Miss Porter's school, where she actually ended up graduating from in high school. Um, in her senior class yearbook, she was acknowledged for, quote, her wit, her accomplishment as a horsewoman, and her unwillingness to become a housewife. So even in high school, she just kind of stepped out of the boundary and didn't care what anyone thought about her, even though that wasn't the social norm at the time. And uh, I just love her. So anyway, after high school, she makes her high society debut the summer before college. She went to tons of New York social functions. She was living the life. And she actually got voted the debutante of the year. So she was a big deal in New York. She studied abroad in France. And she graduated with her Bachelor's of Arts in French Literature in 1951. She also continued caring about her education, too, um, even after her marriage, because she went to Georgetown University in D.C. after she got married for some American history classes to learn her stuff, because she knew that she, her husband was obviously holding a position and would probably go farther in that position, and she wanted to understand what was going on and not just sit back and not understand. And I, I love that about her as well. Okay, so this is interesting, too. While she was in school, she won a 12-month junior editorship at Vogue magazine, and she won out of hundreds and hundreds of people. She was supposed to work six months in New York and then six months in Paris, um, but she started working in New York, and she was 22 at the time, so she had a woman tell her that she was too old to be single and that she was concerned about her because she wasn't married yet. And she was told to go back to Washington. And she did after one day of work, she gave up the whole thing. I don't know what that woman said, but Jackie just, I guess, heard her and went back. That's interesting to me. She ended up going to Paris anyway with her sister Lee and they actually made a little book. I can't remember what it's called something about summer in Paris. I don't even know. But Jackie illustrated it, and they wrote it together. And it, it reads kind of like a children's book, and I think it's really neat. I saw it in person at the library when I went to visit last year, and it was really neat to see. So you can Google that if you haven't seen it before, the book that she wrote with her sister Lee. So after all this debacle, she starts work at the Washington Times Herald. I did not know this part of this. I knew that she was working there, but I didn't know. She actually started as a receptionist, and then she asked for a harder job. So she ended up getting hired $25 a week to become the inquiring camera girl, which many of us have probably heard about this. She would pose witty questions to random people on the street and then take their picture. It kind of reminds me of that account. I think it's called People of New York. It's on Facebook, and I don't know. It's kind of blown up. It's a whole thing. But... It's very similar, except it tells their whole story, and then it's basically a picture of their face, and it reminded me of what Jackie did here. Um, she even sometimes did get interviews with people, though. She interviewed Nixon's daughter, I think, if I'm not mistaken. She even asked JFK a question before they were really— they. Yeah, she did. She They met before they actually met at the dinner party where they kind of started courting each other. She asked him a question for Washington Times Herald, so I think that's cute. She actually did get engaged in 1952 to a stockbroker named John Husted. She ended up calling it off after three months, though, because she said he was immature and boring, and she was not having that. So I'm going to refer to some quotes that I found about her marriage to Jack. I'm not going to super get into the marriage when they got married, all that kind of stuff, because I already did that on a podcast previously. I think it was my second or third. So I'm not going to do that, but I will read these quotes that I thought were interesting and kind of give a taste of who Jackie was and the way that she spoke. Okay, and the first one is, 
I think he was as much in love with me as he could be with anyone, and now maybe he will want to get married because a senator needs a wife. But if he ever does ask me to marry him, it will be for rather practical reasons because his career is this driving thing with him. And the second one is... He's like my father in a way, loves the chase, and is bored with the conquest. And once married, needs proof he's still attractive, so flirts with other women and resents you. Kind of going back to what I said before. (laughs) And the third one is, he's older than anyone I've known and brighter than me. So many of my beaux are dumber. I think it's a curse for a girl to be bright. And he's a senator. Maybe I'm just dazzled and picture myself in a glittering world of crowned heads and men of destiny. And not just a sad little housewife. This world can be very glamorous from the outside. But if you're in it and you're lonely, it can be a hell. I thought this were very interesting to see how she felt about being married to Jack, especially in that early marriage of him being a senator. So just wanted to share those. Okay, I'm going to move on. Like I said, going to kind of skip all of the early marriage, how they met, infidelity, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to skip all that. If you have not heard my earlier podcast about Jack and Jackie's marriage, go back and listen to it and it will fill you in on all of it. So I'm going to go on to the White House tour, actually. So Jackie saw the White House with her sister and her mother in 1941, and even as a child, she was pretty disappointed with it. <laughs> she already had an eye for understanding decor and understanding that thing, how things should look good, and she did not approve of the White House. She ended up going back to the White House for a tour with Mamie Eisenhower, which, if you don't know about the tour, I'm actually going to break and talk about that a little bit. Jackie had just had JFK Jr. in a wheelchair because she had a C-section, and it was tough, and she was in so much pain. It was like right after it. And it was pretty normal for the current first lady to give the incoming first lady a tour of the White House. So Mamie Eisenhower takes Jackie. And before the tour, Clint Hill asked Jackie, hey, do you need me to like make sure there's a wheelchair there for you so you don't have to walk the whole thing? Like, I know this is going to be tough on you. And she says, if that, if you could arrange that, that'd be amazing. Which for Jackie to even do that, like she was hurting. So he had it all arranged. He made sure that was going to be there. It was confirmed to him, all of it. So she gets there, no wheelchair. And I think I read this in Miss Kennedy and Me. Clint was really annoyed he was like looking around for it but I mean they didn't want to be rude and obviously Miss Kennedy didn't say anything about it so he was like okay I'm just not gonna say anything right now but she ended up walking the whole White House with Mamie Eisenhower and Mamie took a really long time I think semi-intentionally Mamie did not like uh Jackie at all so I don't know she took her through this whole thing it was so painful for Jackie she was apparently so pale almost passed out obviously she didn't feel good and Mamie just took her through every room talking slow telling her about everything making sure it took a long time I think Clint gave kind of everybody an earful afterward I'm sure all the secret service and everything but anyway I just thought that was pretty crazy of a story that she was so cruel and I, I totally think Mamie made sure that that wheelchair was not there so that was a little sidebar, and that was completely from my memory, so I don't know. I don't know where I store these things, honestly. Anyway, um, getting back. So, she goes and does the tour with Mamie Eisenhower, and she's still so disappointed by the White House. She thought it was awful. She ended up, was quoted saying that she thought it was that dreary maize and blanche. 
I don't know what that means, but, but I wrote it down anyway. Maybe you guys, well, I probably should look it up. Uh, so she went and made sure that she was going to make the White House the most perfect house in the U.S. So she makes the White House tour. Ba, 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 da. It is broadcast on Valentine's Day, which was February 14th of 1962 on CBS and NBC. And then four days later, it was on ABC. It had 56 million viewers on the White House tour. If you haven't watched it, it's an interesting watch. It's on YouTube. It's, I think, an hour long or so, and it's so good. It really gives you a, a little sense of Jackie and who she is in front of the camera. She's very polite, very almost sounds kind of meek like this and whatever, but but she knows her stuff. She's smart. She knows why she put everything in every room. She's charming. It's all the things that she was supposed to be to the public. And she handled herself so well during the White House tour. So watch it if you're a fan. Um, I got this quote from the JFK library and I thought it was great because it kind of sums up who she was as a first lady. So it says she played a historic role during the Kennedy administration in restoring the White House, supporting the arts, promoting historic preservation and serving as a travel ambassador. She was the first first lady. Now there were others that did things. I'm not saying that, but she really was one of the first that made being the first lady a job. You had things to get done. There were other ones that didn't necessarily do that, kind of just made the appearances and, and whatnot, but Jackie did her part. There is no doubt. So now I'm going to kind of talk about Jackie's personality or what I deem it to be because of her privacy. It's really hard to know the truth, but what I have gathered of how Jackie is, she loved to travel. She was constantly on the go. She, even during the White House years, she was traveling all the time, mostly probably because she didn't like the spotlight at all. I, I remember talking about that on a previous episode, but she didn't like the spotlight. And she, even when she was in other countries and stuff, she obviously was in the spotlight, but she enjoyed the travel so much that it made it worth it. Um, she also retreated a lot to Hyannis Port or to Glenora. So she would go away and kind of that was her way of making peace in her brain and getting away from all the hustle and bustle of the presidency. She would go away to horseback ride, especially. She loved it so much. If you've ever seen the photograph of her falling off the horse, I think it, this story is kind of just sums up Jackie too in a way. So what happened was she was jumping over a hurdle or something and there was somebody no, she was jumping over a fence and there was somebody hiding behind a bush, some photographer, and he got a picture of it as she fell off and she was furious and the secret serviceman tried to get the camera and the picture and everything. I don't know if they succeeded. I'm going to think they didn't because I've obviously seen the photo. So I think it was published. She was devastated and it ended up, she got okay with it and she thought it was hilarious and she ended up having it framed on her desk and stuff later in life. So she thought it was great. And I think that's funny that she ended up being okay with it and kind of was able to find humor in kind of a, I guess, embarrassing situation. I want to talk about too, she loved her kids. She cared about them being well-rounded, as normal as possible human beings. And she did everything she possibly could to make that happen for them. She... And Jack even built, like, a White House school in the White House so that their kids could go to school and not be bombarded with media attention, and they would be safe, and it was had good privacy. So they allowed a few other kids to come, basically, to the White House every day for school, and that's how they did it. And I think that's so cool. And, oh, my gosh, if you were the kids that got picked to come to White House school, 
What a goal. So I'll get more into her relationship with her children in the later podcast when they get a little bit older. But for now, that's all I'm kind of going to talk about with that. So I also want to talk about fashion. You can't talk about Jackie without fashion. She prided herself on what she dressed herself in. She spent a lot of money on her fashion, but look what it did for her. Honestly, we're still talking about her. I, I barely can watch a show without hearing something about Jacqueline Kennedy or Jackie O, which are two very different styles. <laughs> Jackie Kennedy had a very um, refined, tailored look about her, which she always did, even in the Onassis years, but there was something extra, quote-unquote, first lady about her um, that she accomplished so well. She's still deemed as one of our best-dressed and most beautiful first ladies of all time. So she was just this—it's weird how— or, Weird might be the wrong word. I guess it's just interesting how someone who was so incredibly private and never really let any of us know who she is beyond some quotes and assumptions that we can make or some um, secondhand accounts of interactions with her and things, how that person was also so outwardly entrancing as a style icon on purpose. She wanted to be seen for her clothing and her looks and what, I mean, she loved that, you know? So she was intentionally published all the time for the way she looked and what she dressed, which I know some of that was probably the Kennedys, uh, like Joe Kennedy and Jack and all of them making sure that he had a good presidential appearance. But she also went about making sure that she looked that way too and that she was she was presentable in the way she wanted to be. So I just think it's very interesting how she almost there's like a parallel between of Jackie. There's this this very you know out in the public all the time perfect appearing human being with this completely other personality that has so much grit and was witty and kind of didn't give two shits what anyone truly thought about what she said behind closed doors and she was brutally honest and I don't know I I think maybe that's just why I love her she's so complex sorry about that tangent I just went on maybe you guys will understand if you're fans but I just went on a huge tangent I also want to talk about before ending this one after her birth of John Jr. No, no, no. Sorry. After her, the birth of Patrick, who she tragically lost after, I think he was only alive for, you know, a day or two, something like that, which is, gosh, awful. She battled horrible postpartum and just probably, honestly, regular depression as well from loss, not only postpartum. So, um, she battled that horribly and had a really hard time after that. A time where her and Jack actually seemed to be better than ever as far as they gravitated towards each other through their grief. And they were kind of on a really good track in their marriage. And although there was so much sadness kind of behind that, and she was dealing with a lot more than anyone probably ever knew or she led on to except for her closest people, Um, So she was dealing with all of that, but when she got back from Greece, she went for to try to kind of have a little bit of normalcy and happiness to try to get out of the depression that she was in a little bit. So she goes, gets back, and she basically is in, they're doing, like I said, better, and then it leads up to the assassination. So Her life completely obviously shifted on November 22nd, 1963, and I am going to pick up the next podcast basically after the assassination. So talking all about her mourning process, how Jackie was without Jack for a while, 
how she moves on and Bobby stuff and all of the things. I'm just going to basically do the other half of Jackie's life post-Jack. So, I hope you've enjoyed this. I know there was lots of ramblings of me just going off about Jackie and how much I love her. And I hope that wasn't too awkward to listen to or weird. But I appreciate you listening always. Please rate and review only if you like it, please. And yeah, that's all I got. I will talk to you guys next week for part two of the Jackie episode. Come on and vote for Kennedy. Vote for Kennedy. Keep America strong. This is Peter. And this is Tom. We want to tell you guys a little bit about our podcast. Tom and I met in college, became best friends, and then teachers almost 20 years ago. Sometimes school just does not allow us to elaborate on the topics that we find interesting, like the real shark attacks that inspired the movie Jaws, or the real historical context to Indiana Jones artifacts. Where does cereal come from? Or are zombies real? Does Ben Franklin really deserve to be on a $100 bill? On our podcast, just like in our class, there are no stupid questions. Just two friends having a lighthearted conversation about history, pop culture, and the context of current events. Listen to History Teachers Talking Podcast from Evergreen Network, anywhere you get your podcasts.